0: Well, hello, my friend. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to Dear Matchmaker. I've missed you. I hope you are doing well. Welcome to the show. If we've never met before, what's up? I am your matchmaker and dating coach, Kat Cantrell and hostess with the mostess here at Dear Matchmaker. So our goal here is to help you is to answer your questions, is to give you the tools and clarity and understanding when it comes to dating and love and relationships. And uh, part of my mission here is to let you know that everything is going to be okay, to give you hope, and to let you know you're not going crazy. There are some incredible singles out there and sometimes we just do a really good job of getting in our own way. So here, our goal here at Dear Matchmaker is to help you and provide you with those tools, uh, to help you attract the love that you truly deserve. And the way we do that is by answering your questions. So you can submit those either through Instagram or through email, uh, cat or cat at the heart But we also bring on experts. We, me, I love bringing on other experts to offer a different perspective to, uh, give us more knowledge and understanding. And I'm so excited. I have A.G. Reynolds to share with you today. He is a dating coach for introverted analytical men. And uh, he had reached out and I was like, oh, heck yes, I want to have you on the show. So let me give you a little bit of a background about a. Gay. So he is um, a former software engineer who is now the founder and CEO of The Charming Man, who helps genuine analytical men attract and date women authentically. He's passionate about using dating as a vehicle to help men step into their higher self and helps his clients transform holistically through the real attraction system. And real spelled as R-E-E-L. He has a four, uh, he practices with four different principles, relaxation, expression, empathy, and leading. And he touches on these a little bit during our interview today. So I am so excited and thrilled to bring uh, an incredible guest to uh, to your ears. So ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Ege Reynolds to Dear Matchmaker. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited. Uh, We have a very special guest. We have Ege Reynolds, who's uh, with us for this episode. And Ege, I don't know if you know this. So you're technically- the second guy I've had on my podcast in the last two years. Mm. The first guy was my fiance and you're the second guy that I've had. So I'm so excited to have you here to have a male's perspective and what you do and um, what you offer uh, as a coach. And so I'm just thrilled and honored to have you here. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I I didn't know I was the second guy on the podcast. So I feel honored, especially coming after your partner. Those yes choose to fill <laughs>
0: yes well i uh it's you know it, i've been it's it i don't i don't know if anybody like really necessarily like if if you believe in the power of like when you put it out to the universe cuz it's it's been it's been on my list for the for this show is to bring more um uh men guests to offer a different perspective and um so i'm just so glad that our our paths have crossed so let's let's just dive right right in. Let's talk to the audience. Let's tell them all about you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and Mm -hmm. um, how you got into this industry?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, as you mentioned, my name is Edgar Reynolds. I founded a company called The Charming Man, and I've been coaching guys who are more on the introverted analytical side when it comes to dating and social interactions for the past three years. The reason I got into this stuff is the classic story of the nerd, where when I was in high school, I grew up in Turkey. And I don't know who's been to Turkey in your audience or if you've been there, but a lot of the time in our culture, like men and women, we interact in a friendly way, but there's not much romance in the culture. Mm. So as someone who grew up in a culture where, The genders were a bit more separated in that lens. And being a guy who I was 225 pounds, I was quite overweight, uh, playing video games all the time and living quite an antisocial life. When I looked at myself, I was that smart kid in the classroom getting the good grades, but I had no idea how to socialize with girls. And Mm -hmm. for a long time, I thought, okay, This is just who I am. Like I'm the guy who's good at physics and math and who knows how to solve the complicated problems, but I'm just not destined to be able to connect with a girl in a way she would want to go on a date with me. But things started shifting when I basically went on this cruise trip with my family, came back, stepped on the scale, and I was like, man, I'm fat. This needs to change. So I lost the weight and I went to college in the U.S. But in my mind, I still saw myself as that overweight kid. It was like my mind hadn't caught up yet. But I'd never been to the U.S. before. I had zero friends. So one day I made a decision to go, okay, well, I'm going to just be that more extroverted person. And that cliche of I'm going to fake it till I make it. Mm-hmm. And I started seeing some success. I started making some friends, speaking to some women, And I was always fascinated by how we can change small things in our lives and our lives can really change. So I think it was the curiosity of just wanting to learn more and more and more that made me really go out there and speak to people. Like I would see people in, in my dining hall in college and my thought would be "Man." I go to school at UCLA, there's so many cool people out there, all I have to do is to speak to them. And I want to be able to do that. So that curiosity, and I guess that personal touch of knowing how it feels to really struggle being on that deep end of being socially awkward, not knowing how to take the initiative, really drove me to eventually become a coach and help other people. Because I saw how powerful this transformation was for my own life. And I was very grateful for that.
0: Wow. I it's uh, you know, I always have this um saying with any, and I it sounds so cliche, but it's true. It's like you have to, it's just you have you reach that point where you're just like, okay, enough's enough. Like something mm-hmm. has to change in my life. And you know, I always, when I, when I have clients and they come into my office, I, that's one of the questions I ask is like, what, what was your breaking point that finally said, okay, enough's enough. Mm. I'm, I, this, this is something that I really want in my life. What, what am I missing? What are the things, what am I not seeing? What are the things that I need to change in order to get what I, you know, what I feel like I deserve. And, Mm. um, I, with your story, I mean, not only, I mean, you have you had so many uh, obstacles to overcome, not only from being another country and moving to the United States, and then going to college Mm -hmm. in the United States, and then having to uh, realize that you had to go through the process of, you know, you wanted something better for yourself, and you wanted to feel better in your own body, and and having to lose the weight, and then, uh, you know, the whole fake it till you make it. I always have this saying where it's you practice it until you become it, because it's not necessarily like faking because you're trying, you're doing, you're doing the work. Mm -hmm. It's just, um, you might not believe it, but just like a muscle, just like everything else. And, you know, you practice and practice and practice. So -hmm. what do you find in the work that you do now? So, um, so you have a YouTube channel, you're, uh, so you're the, the target demographic of people that you help are men that were just like you. Is that right?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, So usually the guys we coach, they're in the engineering field, some accountants, some entrepreneurs. So we've had guys from like different tech companies like Google, Facebook. And usually the people who come in, their core problem is, I'm sure you've also worked with people who are more analytical minded. They look at dating as okay, I see this woman, step one, what do I do? Step two, what do I do? Step three, what do I do? Step four, what do I do? And then here, the woman standing in front of them. And they're like, why is this guy so much in his head? I just want him to be here and be present with me and express mm-hmm. himself. And they come from an angle of, I need a solution that gives me the steps. So a lot of the work I do is about almost rewiring that belief system for them to truly see this is not about steps. Conversation is not about I do this woman responds this way. I do that woman responds. It's not like a program and it's more an exchange of energy. And I kind of like teach them through a set of principles, which is relaxation, expression, empathy and leadership, how they can create their own compass to navigate dating in their own authentic way.
0: Yeah. It's like, um, I, I, I had a, a, a client who came to me and he felt that he was, he felt that it was going to be that way where it was just, I was going to provide the absolute necessary steps in order to be mm. able to, to attract her. And it's like step one, step two, step three, And he felt that if he hired me, it was almost cheating because he thought that I was going to give him like this secret
1: of (laughs) like
0: how to, you know, how to catch her and keep her. And, um, you know, I think you you, uh, mentioned something that's so important that really holds true for everyone, both men and women, is that being present and not Mm
1: -hmm. being
0: able to be there in the moment with that other person. Uh, and not being so caught up in your own head of already moving on to the next move, the next move, the next move, but being able just to be there and to be able to take it all in and to start to really kind of build that emotional connection versus more of like a a logical connection. And, um, Mm -hmm one of the things, one of the reasons why I had you that I wanted to to have you come on is because I told you right before we hit record is that where I live, there's a huge engineering company that's here that a lot mm-hmm. of engineers come and and they move here. And there's a lot of, um, introverted personalities, both men and women. I mean, we're, we're gearing, mm-hmm. we're going to probably touch a little bit on both, but, uh, introverts that are so afraid to go out to, uh, approach a woman to do what they need to do in order to be able to have connection to be vulnerable and so Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of talk to you about that because this is one of your specialties because it's kind of in the industry the engineering industry it's probably more common than not that most are introverted would you say
1: right yeah yeah definitely
0: so Um, what are your when we talk about introverts and what is it that they need to do in order to attract we'll talk about men first
1: mm-hmm.
0: so what is what is your take on that as far as are would you consider yourself an introvert or are you more extroverted
1: yeah i'm definitely more introverted okay i think i built my extrovert side so okay. when i go out it's like something i can step into like mm-hmm. for some people They learn how to dance. And when you see them dance, you don't even recognize them. They're like, whoa, it's a different person. So I think with my own journey, I built that side where I'm maybe 60, 70% introverted and then 30, 40% more extroverted. But I definitely recharge at my own pace. Like I'd rather read a book and chill at home than be around people to get my energy back.
0: So what do you think are the biggest challenges for an introvert who is wanting to have connection and uh, Mm -hmm. wanting to start dating, like in your your experience and with your expertise?
1: Mm. I would say the core part to start with is there's a lack of self-acceptance. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of men feel like to get the woman they want, they need to be extroverted. They need to be the guy who always has this interesting story, who's captivating the audience as everyone's just clapping and all the attention is on them. And that's where like a lot of the popular YouTube video titles are like that because that's what guys really want and strive for. And I think what tends to happen for a lot of introverts is they look at the problem from a very surface level and they go, well, if I want to meet women, uh, I go to the bars and I go to the clubs, but they're loud and I can't speak there. Like I'm not extroverted. So they feel like, well, I don't, I'm not set for this because I'm an introvert. However, I think the first shift that's very important for guys to recognize and pay attention to is the introversion can be a power in itself because when you are introverted, You have this ability to truly listen to people once you're able to get out of your head. And in that sense, like sometimes it is hard to be around extroverts, right? Because they always want the stage. When I work with more extroverted clients, I need to train them to go, hey man, like conversation's not about you. Make it about the woman in front of you. She doesn't care what you're doing. She wants to feel listened to and appreciated and understood. And if you're an introvert, you actually have so much more power to do that. But Mm -hmm. it's just a different approach for you compared to what we see in movies and what we see in the mainstream of like, hey, just go to clubs, have a few drinks with your boys after two hours and getting a bit tipsy, approach one girl, completely blow it, go back, just regret your life at home and do it the (laughs) next weekend. Because that approach just doesn't work.
0: Ah, you know, um, it's one of the, one of the things that I tell my clients is that, you know, the first date is not about convincing the other person that you're a catch. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. kind of taking your ego and just kind of putting it aside. And the fact that both of you said yes, should tell you that they're interested because people are like, I don't know if they're interested or not. The fact they said yes tells you that there's an interest. And the goal of that date is that the goal, the whole goal of the date is to figure out whether or not this person is a good match for you. Not, am I going to be a good match for this other person? And so I feel like sometimes, I mean, nerves can play a part where people will talk a lot on a on a first date and you know one of the common things i hear from both sides is that gosh they just did nothing but talk and talk and talk and talk and talk about themselves right. and um to circle back what you talked what you what you mentioned you know as an introvert one of your superpowers is being such a great listener yeah and women want to be listened to like we mm-hmm. women want to feel seen and heard and you know, one of the, one of the key points that I say on a first date is, is just jump right into her passions. Like ask her, what are Mm -hmm. your passions and make it more of a, instead of, um, I'm going to tell you everything that I'm do that I'm doing in my life to make you, to convince you that I'm possibly a good catch versus let me learn more about you so that I understand whether or not you're a good fit for me. And I think introverts mm-hmm. really have that leg up over an extrovert. Like you said, like the extrovert,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm an extrovert, sometimes I show up and it's like hard to turn it off. It is. I have to be really, really? aware and take a step back and go, okay, you're talking too much.
1: <laughs> Even
0: as I'm interviewing right now, it's like, I have to do, I have to be like, okay, I can't make the, <laughs> this. Is, I have to like take a step back. But um what other superpowers do you think that like introverts have when it comes to not only just being great listeners, but what do you think mm-hmm. their strengths are when it comes to dating?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I love that you're kind of adding on to things. So please, let's continue doing that. Like, I think it's a lot more interesting when both both sides are giving the perspective. And before moving on to that question, I want to add on, what you said when it comes to listening because i think there is a small nuance there that's very important where you want to be listening from a place of love and not Mm. from a place of detachment because a lot of guys hear this idea of like i want to qualify her for my own needs or what i'm looking for and they almost Now they disown their interests and they disown the emotion of, wow, this beautiful woman is in front of, I mean, how amazing is that? That this person is taking the time to spend some time with you. So I think it's very important as we ask questions, as we dive deeper into their story, to not do it from a place of like, oh, I want to see if they're a fit for me and they're enough for me. Because I think part of that can be a bit too detached almost where the woman might feel like, well, does he really care about this? Like, I don't feel the emotion, but I think if we can step into love and the quick way, I guess I recommend my clients to do that. And I do that unconsciously at times these days is I'll truly appreciate the beauty of the woman who's in front of me Mm. as I'm listening to her. So I'm not just listening with, The words the logic and being like oh note this down she said this one thing I can tell this one story later that will relate to it and I'm instead I'm like wow like she's so interesting and I think people feel when you have good intentions and I've seen that in journey of clients in journey of my own where guys who are not as technically skilled because they have good intentions, they will get certain results with woman just because woman can feel into that. Like this is truly a good guy. And Mm -hmm. I think that's also another superpower when we combine the listening with being in that state of love.
0: I love that. I might, I might have to, I might have to, uh, implement that way. Can I, can I, can I implement that with my clients too? I
1: love that. I mean, I, 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 um,
0: the, the, you know, I talk about leading with love and fear, right? So there's like Mm -hmm. basically all decisions in life are made out of love or made out of fear. And, um, and that can mean different there's, you know, it, both of those subjects are more complex, obviously, but
1: Mm -hmm.
0: to listen with love, Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not, I think it's not necessarily, I mean, it is about the love and appreciation of, of who's in front of you, but also the love and appreciation for you have for yourself. Like, yeah, I, um, and maybe I kind of talk about this and I just have said it in a different way, but I'm always talking about the other person on the other side of the table, like treat Mm -hmm. them with respect and, and, and empathy because we don't know What is showing you like this other person is showing up with their own fears, their own insecurities, their own struggles Mm. with dating, their own, uh, stories of previous relationships. I hate to use the word baggage because Mm -hmm. we all have stories. We've all had journeys when it comes to relationships and love. Um, but really, uh, I just think that you just said it so eloquently. So thank you. I love that. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I I think to add on to what you said as well, it's like when we when we can show up from that place of love, it puts the other person into a state of being where they're coming from their higher self. Mm. Because I think these days there's like there's a lot of trauma on both sides where men are like, oh, there are no good women, and women are like, there yep. are no good men. <laughs> but this like watching that type of content and exposing yourself to that message is not going to help us change the world but if I approach a woman and I go hey I really like the way you smile and I love your energy then it's not like she can say no to that I'm not saying every woman will be interested but even the way you have the conversation is different and it's almost like when you know This is a terrible analogy because I'm not good at taking care of plants. But when we're taking care of a plant, we water the plant. And just like that in a conversation, if you infuse the conversation with love, that person in front of us becomes more beautiful. And Mm -hmm. that's the power we all have. Because Mm -hmm. when we see beauty in someone else, it's not just them that's beautiful. It's the love that flows through us. So Mm -hmm. it's also for us and for them. And now it's like, it's different when you have a conversation with that girl where where, versus like when someone else has it. And if you come from this place of love as a man, woman truly open up to you. Because when's the last time? And I ask this question sometimes to people I meet. I'll be like, when was the last time you felt truly loved? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying this in the sense of like, more I guess traditional scientific love where you have to wait for a bit and it's a word you don't mention I'm saying this in the way that we can show up in the world where we have love for the people we need and that makes them step into a different part of their being maybe they have been wanting to step into but they didn't have the courage to do so so you can be the space for people that goes way beyond getting results and dating where you're just helping people heal and helping the world heal.
0: It's, you know, I, it's so refreshing to hear this because, I mean, I don't know what you've experienced with the work that you do, but for me, I feel Mm -hmm. like half of the battle is helping people just in general, I know we're kind of getting off topic, but hey, this is just the way it goes. Oh, it's perfect. Uh, <laughs> um, it's helping people reconnect with themselves, right? And I feel like COVID, mm-hmm. not only, I mean, I think COVID, not to bring that up, but it did highly affect all of us on so many different levels. And it's mm-hmm. it it changed the way that we connect. And I feel like after it's post COVID, it's not only are we having to practice connection with one another, but also really, I think COVID shed a lot of light of the disconnect that we have within within ourselves and using, um, you know, being able to build that relationship within yourself in dating, I think is, um, and it's kind of what you're saying is it's, it's a really powerful tool, um, to be able to, put yourself out there and to be vulnerable with somebody else and and strive to connect with someone else um, in hopes of being able to find what you're looking for. But in the process, we're growing as people, we're learning about ourselves, we're learning more about what we want and what we don't want. And that we're in hopes of consistently filling our own cup in a way to where we're finding connection with other people whether it ends up being a yes or being a no the whole Mm -hmm. of putting yourself out there and being vulnerable I think is a way of loving yourself
1: yeah definitely and one of the things I tell my clients is like if you can love the tension you feel before you speak to a woman as much as you would love being in front of her in a date or you know building a relationship with her, then you will succeed in this journey because a lot of, I mean, so many people do things just to get to that end result, but it's right. in the process that we actually grow. And if we can cultivate love for every part of the process, then no part is different. Right. And then it's so much more natural to get results because we we're just drawn towards it. It's not something we're pushing towards anymore. So true. So,
0: um, let's circle back to the introvert. Let's talk about, let's talk about what, so what are, so we talked about the superpower of, of introverts being great listeners. What mm-hmm. else can, and so if somebody's extremely introverted and they are just like, oh, it's just really hard for me to put myself out there. I don't know what to do. Like, and I know that I really want to start dating and I want to find somebody. Um, what, how can, where do they start? Where does an introvert start?
1: Mm, that's a great question. I'd say the first thing to do would be putting yourself in situations and taking a note of where you feel tense in your body, Mm. because one of the core things people do is, especially as analytical men, we pay too much attention into what's going on in our mind, Mm -hmm. but the mind is only one, one type of input. We also have input from our body. We also have input from what we eat. We also have input from our energy. So the first thing I do with guys who come to me who want to work on this area is I tell them, look, I want you to go out into the real world. Yes, this is not a note-taking session where you note-take for the next two hours. Sorry, sorry to break the bubble. Um, <laughs> I want you to go out and I want you to compliment five people without any expectations. Genuine compliment. Don't stay in the conversation. Don't worry about the smart thing to say. Just go, hey, I was walking. I saw you. I thought you looked very nice. Or I liked your style. I like how you smile. That's a nice dog. And then as you're doing that, pay attention to where the tension arises. Is it in your chest? Is it in your shoulders? Is it in your throat? Is it in your head? And know those down. And all you do is set the intention to relax that part of your body. And one of the things this does is it shows guys the power that they have in terms of how much value they can give to the world. Because a lot of the time, if they're in this place of scarcity where they're not getting the woman they want, all they can think about is, well, how do I fix that? But when you almost give them something, where there is no return for it for them and they're just like giving compliments from a genuine place they actually start gaining that power back because they're like wait i gave a compliment to that girl and she really smiled and she was very appreciative and it starts putting them in touch with what they can do and how powerful they actually are and then once that relaxation's more on point and they're able to be a lot more present in conversations That's where we start working on more of the expression stuff because relaxation, the way I see it, is like the boring foundations of a building that people don't see, Mm -hmm. but it's the real stuff that really sets you apart. Can you sit in a bar, go there, sit there for 30 minutes without pulling up your phone and relaxing every little thing that makes you tense in the bar? And a lot of us avoid it. We grab our phone, we order a drink, we order an appetizer. So instead of using the outside world to avoid tension, how can we feel into the tension and relax it ourselves? Because a lot of interacting with women as a guy is based on your ability to step into tension. And one thing I tell my students is, Women don't want a man who's always certain. They want a man who can step into uncertainty, knowing things could go wrong, but being completely okay with that possibility. Yeah
0: um, <laughs> I uh, it's you, it's uh, paying people compliments. So Mm -hmm. this is a very powerful tool and I love that you use this in your work because Mm -hmm. I do feel not only like I never, I, um, didn't think about when you pay someone a compliment and, and paying attention to the tension that's in your body. And I just think that that's, I love that. But I think too, when people pay others compliments, it's a way to boost your confidence. Like it's mm-hmm. when you get that energy exchange, like so many women, um, so many women feel like th- there's, a. Um, let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. So I, when it comes to paying compliments, I feel like women love to receive compliments from men versus men doing any kind of cat calling or like mm-hmm. staring, like they really appreciate a man who has enough confidence to come up to her and say something about, you know, giving her a compliment. And I always say to give people a compliment more about like, you kind of said it about their energy, like, Oh, you know, your mm-hmm. smile, or I just love your energy, or I love your style versus like, complimenting about body parts or that kind of thing just like Mm -hmm. basically complimenting her on her essence in a way and compliments can just completely change a person's day Mm -hmm. it's such a powerful tool and people I think it's so um what's the word underutilized like I feel like people don't use this enough is to pay others compliments
1: yeah yeah yeah, I totally agree. It's guys make this idea in their mind that this is like a very hard journey to go into. Yeah. But when you think about what it entails, the barrier to entry is so low. Like sometimes you'll get women just on the fact that you complimented them and you have no nothing else to say. They'll be like, wait, who are you? What's your name? What are That's you right. doing here? That's because right. they've never been approached or they've rarely been approached in a daytime scenario mm-hmm. in a way that was respectful, but still confident. Right. Right. And it's so interesting because a lot of guys, <laughs> when I coach them, they might go, Oh, but this, this woman has been approached before. I'm so sure. Like she's probably probably been approached like two, three times a day. And you actually go speak to the woman and they're like, this is the first time or It's been six months since something like this happened, because most men, as you said, they either like catcall or they look, but they don't do anything about it. They have the desire, but they don't have the gentle ownership of their desire to go appreciate the beauty that they feel from this person. And if you can become that man, then of course, some women have boyfriends. Of course, some women are in committed relationships. Of course, some women don't want to date and maybe they're not interested in you. But at least when you lead from that place, people respect that. And as you mentioned, you have a lot of power. Like I've approached women who are like, you know what, I'm going through a divorce right now and this really made my day. Like I haven't, no one's told me this in months and I'm having a really rough time and I really appreciate you saying this. And to me, that's a, lot, that's a lot more powerful than even me getting what I want on surface level terms. And this is the impact that you can make on other people. Um, as a guy, if you do this the right way, so you're not just improving your own dating life, you're actually playing a part in improving the world so that we don't go through these struggles of, oh, men are doing this, women are doing this, and we're more coming together we're appreciating each other rather than blaming each other for problems that are happening. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's what um my fiance and I call it's what we call mutual appreciation and it's not you don't mm-hmm. have to be in a relationship to be able to express that and I think just to to kind of go on this point of you know ladies if you're listening if a man pays you a compliment please say thank you that's the nice thing mm. to do like appreciate yeah. it right when someone pays you a compliment it's okay to just say thank you um and I feel like too um especially if if, if it's like in the middle of the day and a man says something to you in the middle of the day when whether you're grocery shopping or whatnot and a man says something and, and you just say thank you. And if he's if he is interested or if he asks for your phone number or whatnot, you can just graciously say, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm married or I'm, I'm in a relationship or whatever the case may be. But I think it's Mm -hmm. just, again, showing that mutual appreciation to where he's paying you a compliment and she's saying, thank you. And then, um, being mutually respect, respectful of one another, Mm -hmm. of the exchange. And I think, um, Man, wouldn't that be a lovely world that we all would live in? Is like everyone's yeah. paying each other compliments and being appreciative. Um yeah. yeah. I mean, be, I can't even incredible. imagine. Yeah.
1: yeah. So
0: you had so so you, you, you basically give them homework. They go out and they pay and they pay compliments and they're paying attention mm-hmm. to what's going on in their body. And then they're able to kind of recognize that and be able to relax that. So mm-hmm it as they it probably helps them as they show when they show up to that date since they've already kind of been through the being uncomfortable because in order to like really grow, we have to be uncomfortable, not to sound cliche, but it's totally true. So they've already gone through these steps and you've already you've you've guided them through to these levels of discomfort to where they're feeling good about themselves, feeling better about themselves, paying attention to their bodies. so um, What's next for them?
1: Hmm. That's a great question. Yeah, I think there's a few things we do in tandem along with the social stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we have a lot of our clients doing long form meditations, So 30 minutes a day. Oh, wow. I personally That's do like an hour a day, sometimes 90 minutes, two hours a day. And when you sit in those long periods in that place of not doing Then your ability to just be expands. So, as our guys are doing these meditations, they become more and more aware of their habitual tendencies, like how Mm. they react in certain situations, maybe in ways that they don't want to react. Because a lot Mm. of the time, the problems men face in the dating process is they're rushing through the steps because they have this end goal of, oh, I want to get this girl as my girlfriend, or I want to have a date. And they show up to a conversation, and instead of taking the time to genuinely ask the questions they want to ask, get to know about the person in front of them, they feel a bit of fear and they just go, oh, what's your number? Let's, let's have a drink sometime. And it's just been two minutes, this woman's like, well, I don't even know this guy. So they might maybe still give you the number, but they're less likely to respond. Or they might think, well, I'm not going to take this risk. I'd rather go out with someone I know more about. Mm -hmm. So I think the meditation and the inner work is quite important. Mm -hmm. And our goal with that is to get guys to a place where one thing I say is like, your mind is the only person you listen to or only thing you listen to for every single second of your life. So why not build a very loving and deep relationship with your mind rather than an abusive relationship where every time you don't do something, you go, oh, you should have done this and you've been trying to approach women for so long and you haven't, clearly you're this and this and that. So meditation helps with shifting that relationship where when they go on a date, they're not thinking, oh, well, she's going to flake or, oh, it's two hours away. She's not going to show up. Maybe she'll cancel. Or what you touched on earlier, right? Similar to what you said about if she's there, she's actually interested. Like, we're not going to be there if we're not interested. Yet a lot of guys think, oh, I need to hit this imaginary checkmark and prove that she's interested in me and I'm a cool guy. And after that, I can relax. Right. But there is no checkmark. So I think building that more loving relationship with your mind really affects the flow of the whole process. And then, of course, on the date, there are certain principles that we can all go by, like showing genuine curiosity for the person in front of you. That's why I think it's really important to first know what we want out of this process, like what are the type of woman we get along with. So personally, I like women who can dance, who are compassionate and kind, who maybe love animals, who are able to talk about different topics, who have like intellectual interest in things. So I'll ask questions about that. Like what's what's the last book you read? Oh, have you ever tried dancing bachata or anything else? And I think really... Going into the emotions of how would, how would this thing make you feel? How does it make you feel when you do this hobby? And connecting from a more emotional space and this space of being rather than figuring out, oh, I have this, these types of questions I can ask on the date and they're bound to work. Because I think it's so tempting for guys to, especially if they're analytical, connect from a logical space and feel like they did well but then Mm -hmm. the woman goes back and she might think yeah you know we had a lot of common interests but the spark just was not there And that's a very common problem for guys where connecting with emotion and connecting with energy is a lot more powerful
0: yeah i um I feel that's like the number one advice that I give when it comes to just in general for men and dating is to not, that it's not, you're not there to, because at the end of the day, money really doesn't matter, right? Like there's things in life that really don't matter. What matters is that, you know, it's, if she's not feeling some kind of emotion with you on that first date, that's probably what she means by spark, right? Like she's not, feeling, Mm -hmm. there's no feeling there. It seems that's why I'm sure that the work that you do, it's like, this is not a business transaction. This is not a business interview. You are not to go through all of these questions. Uh, you know, people always say, well, I just, I don't want to waste any of my time. So I'm just going to ask them all the questions right off the bat. And the thing that I always Mm -hmm. say is like, even this complete stranger asking you these, (laughs) answering you these questions when you get to know somebody, you really figure out what it is, like what those compromises are that you're going to have with that person. Because Mm -hmm. when you meet somebody, things are not black and white. Things are very much gray. And um, so I'm always like dive in, you know, dive into trying to find that emotional connection on that first date. It's and if it's, if even, even after the first date, if you're just curious enough, just curious enough, I always encourage people to go on a second. Is that what the advice mm. that you give to?
1: Yeah, I think it's, as, as you said, it's all about that emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And if it's there, then why not explore the connection further? I think the idea of, oh, I don't want to waste my time if we go deeper into it, a lot of the time, it's almost this fear of success. And there it's a defense mechanism. There is a lack of like emotional commitment because again, it comes back to this addiction to certainty. Like guys want to know, okay, if I go on the stage, she's my girlfriend, 100% nice. success rate, it's done. <laughs> but that's not how things work. And nope. if you are especially... You know, working with a coach, like what we've been talking about, there is no waste of time, right? Because every experience you learn from, every mm-hmm. experience is a way for your coach or your mentor to give you feedback on. So I think, like as you said, and I feel this sometimes as well, like being on the other side of like having dated a lot of women and traveled around, when a woman comes on to a date and she has an agenda, I'm like, look, girl, just relax. Let's enjoy ourselves. Yes. yes. You know, I, w- I want to know about you. What yes. are you passionate about? Yes. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yes. And if they keep pushing for that, I feel the pressure. So if I feel yeah. the pressure, I can only imagine how much more pressure women feel. Because usually women are a lot more intuitive with their emotions. Mm-hmm. Um. And that doesn't do any favors to anyone. Like imagine if you met your best friend now and you tried to connect with that best friend for like 15 minutes with all your questions prepared and you went, let's go. You probably wouldn't be friends with that person. Right. Connection takes a bit of time and every connection has its own pace, like a song. You can't just two X the song. It will sound terrible. You need to move with the pace of the song um, and the pace of the conversation, the pace of the date, and be okay if it's going slower than you want, and be okay if it's going faster than what you're comfortable with.
0: I always tell people to, um, when you go into a date, that the idea is that just to be excited that you're making a connection and not Mm. to have an agenda or be attached to the outcome. Cause I think right. that we can go in and think, like you said, this is gonna be it. She said yes, I'm on the state. It must be so you know, she must be my girlfriend afterwards. Instead yeah. of so just like, I'm super excited, I get to meet a brand new person today and I get to learn about somebody new today. And I host speed dating events here. And yeah, before I, I even um before like before we even begin, I always tell all the singles, I'm like, let go of all of your expectations and your agendas. If you came here thinking, saying to yourself, I better find somebody tonight, you're not going to Mm -hmm. find anybody tonight versus Mm -hmm. going in with the mindset of saying to yourself, I'm so excited. I get to have 25 first dates tonight. Mm -hmm. Like I get to experience something brand new and I get to walk away and I'm going to have all these great stories and just being in the moment and having fun and bringing joy and bringing, like you said, like bringing that energy,
1: just Mm -hmm. makes
0: the world of difference when it comes to connection and dating. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so usually what ends up happening is since people don't have agendas, a lot of, a lot of romance happens at my speed dating events. So it's a lot of fun.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. I think Um, people can feel that when you don't have an agenda. They can. And so many people have an agenda, just the, Being in that state of I'm showing up with no agenda already sets you apart so much.
0: Yes. Well, um, gay, I can't even believe we've almost been talking for an hour.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Time just went by. I know.
0: So will you um do you have any like last words of advice or any like key pointers or anything that you would like to share with our introverted men out there?
1: Hmm, that's a good point. Should we touch on the woman's side just a little bit before? Let's we wrap do it.
0: Up? Yeah, let's do it. So cool. we were before we hit record. Um, mm-hmm. we had talked about the perspective of a the benefits of a woman going on a mm-hmm. date or, um, possibly you know being in a relationship with a man who's an introvert.
1: And I mm-hmm. kind of we
0: kind of touched on it where I said you know introverted uh, men are great listeners. Um, Mm -hmm. but what do you feel like, what is the benefit for on your, for your perspective? I mean, I'm a woman, but I'm, I'm interested to hear what your perspective is on that.
1: Yeah, I think one of the key parts of it is like introverted people I found can be quite intuitive and introspective Mm -hmm. about life. Mm -hmm. So you're exposed to very different ideas, And there's based on kind of your Myers-Briggs types, there's actually personalities you'd be more compatible with. Right. And one thing that's interesting is if you're extroverted, you might actually be more compatible with an introvert because if you're both extroverts, then you just speak all the time and no one's listening and you're just battling it out. Not to say that's always the case, Right. but I think the reason I wanted to touch on this quickly Is similar to how a lot of men go, oh, I should only go to bars and clubs to meet women, and that's the only place. Mm -hmm. A lot of women might feel, well, the only guys who approach me are the extroverts. Of course, that's going to be the case. So they might think that's just a representation of what guys are these days, but that's not necessarily true. That's just who you're exposed to. So if you do go to environments And you know, you carry yourself with a nice energy, you're warm and open, and you give that invitation to the guy to almost say something, make it easy on him. And there's environments like bookstores or organic, like coffee stores, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, grocery stores. Then there are guys out there who are a bit more introverted, who might be more along the lines of who you might want to meet. So I think. The key point for women here is just like we're telling the men to get creative about where they should go to meet women, also on the woman's side, be creative about which environments you put yourselves in, because if you go to environments that are more conducive to people who like to live a simple, relaxed lifestyle, like a bookstore, library, coffee shop, then you are more likely to meet people who are in in lines
0: with that yes uh and i think that um you know people not to i mean i have a feeling that you and i can talk forever so not to like um we you know online dating isn't the only way that you can meet people you can also meet people in Mm -hmm. real life and people always like they're always like where do i where do I meet people? I don't want to go to the bars. And so I love to hear someone else talking about how there are so many other places that you can go and you can meet people. And I'm an Mm -hmm. advocate, by the way, of women approaching men. I don't Mm -hmm. think there's anything wrong with that, especially for introverted men who might be afraid to, you know, because of all the reasons to be able to approach Mm -hmm. her, that it's okay that if she feels that she can feel that energy and she's getting eye contact from him it's okay for her to to go up to him what do you what do you think about Mm -hmm.
1: that yeah I think that's awesome okay I think it's it's great when it happens on the other Mm -hmm. side as a guy you should never rely on it like right right because a lot of women will also it's this strange thing they'll have this interest but they might have a stigma against themselves making the approach hmm and they might think like hey I don't want to look too easy right so I'm just going to give him these signals and not approach him but deep down they're feeling like how oh, can you not realize I've been staring in your direction for 30 seconds now and they're having right. an existential crisis because you're <laughs> you're not paying attention while you're thinking no she's definitely looking at what's behind me she's not looking at me at all
0: right right Yes. I I'm a firm believer in um, you know, uh I tell women all the time not to get on the topic of rejection, but Mm -hmm. you know, rejection works both ways. Men are afraid of it just as much as women are. And um, you know, to me, in sometimes we don't we can't read the cues like we or the person Mm -hmm. might misinterpret the cues, or like you said, like, oh, are they looking at me? I don't know if they're looking at me or the person behind me. So Mm I always say, instead of you going home and saying to yourself, wow, man, that was a good looking guy, or that was a great gal. And I, I really wish maybe Mm -hmm. I would have said something, just go for it. Like you have nothing to lose other than making a connection. And if it's a no, it's Mm -hmm. not like a personal, the person doesn't know you. It's not like it's a personal attack against you. It just means no. And that's okay. Every no gets you that much closer to the yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah that's a great perspective and similar to what you said i also talk about like rejection is a lot better than regret because regret you you think about so much longer whereas Mm. sure you get rejected then you think about it maybe a bit more it hurts and then you move on and also there is really no rejection it's just our mind interpreting A completely impersonal event in a way that relates to us right um but yeah i think like when it comes to meeting strangers and approaching anything can really happen Mm -hmm. however if you get yourself in that conversation if you initiate something you will go home with more respect for yourself and more more like reliance on yourself that hey i can do this and some of the best times i've had when i was going through my own journey was times where i was rejected eight nine times in a row and i was like the the emotions are heavy yeah but i was able to show up for myself and it was one of the things i say to guys is meeting woman can be a healing experience if you let it be that way Mm. because as an attract like as a guy, and attract a woman you're interested in will bring out insecurities in you that you didn't even know exist. Mm-hmm. And if you can really step into that situation, feel the emotions that are coming up, and tell whatever's coming up, hey, I love you. I'm here for you. Or you feel insecure because this woman said this. Well, buddy, I love you. It's okay then you start healing yourself and that's just so powerful and that's when attracting woman becomes very simple because we can all feel people who are showing up with that energy and we're drawn to it we're drawn to that person who's coming in with that positivity and love towards people and it's not weak it's actually very strong men have this conception that Oh, if I show affection and love, it's, I'm going to be perceived as weak. But if you're very loving to yourself and to others, you also become very certain and confident in yourself because you want to share this love with the world.
0: That's beautiful. I love it. What a great, what a great way to, what a great way to end, end this episode. Um, Okay, my friend, where can where can everybody find you? I know you have a YouTube channel, so tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more about where we can find you.
1: Yeah, thank you. So on YouTube, our channel is called The Charming Man. Over there, we kind of have our own podcast, a few episodes, we have some YouTube videos. That's probably the best place to familiarize yourself with our content. And then if you want to send me a message, ask questions on Instagram, It's at Real Charming Man. And then on Facebook, Egge Reynolds. If you just search my name on Facebook, you'll probably find me. And, you know, I check every message personally. So if someone responds to you, it is me. It is not some crazy assistant.
0: (laughs) That's great. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. It's been such a pleasure. I would love to have, I mean, I think that you and I could talk about a variety of different topics. So um, it's been great having you on and thank you again. Thanks for coming.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. And it's been great. I really appreciate being on here.
0: All right, my friend, what did you think? I learned something. I for sure learned something. This is one of the many reasons why i love bringing on guests is because i as a coach i'm i'm consistently always learning more from other coaches and books and resources and i just i love bringing on and other experts so thank you huge thank you of hug appreciation to A. reynolds for being a part of dear matchmaker and i will make sure and put all of his links in the show notes. So you can find him, follow him on YouTube and on Facebook, on Instagram. So please make sure and go over and do that. And which reminds me, by the way, uh, if you have not subscribed or followed yet, I have no idea what you're waiting for. If you've been listening to Dear Matchmaker, I would love it if you would uh, subscribe or follow and rate and review. And here's why, my friend because we want other people to find out about us. We want more people to find out about the podcast. So please make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share. And if you have not been following me yet over on Instagram and Facebook, come on over there and follow me at Kat Cantrell. All right, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. I really appreciate you spending time with me. And remember, true love is waiting for you and I will see you
1: next time. Bye.